tonight we're going to hear from uh, Brother Shannon Peacock. Going to be preaching to us tonight. Brother, come on tonight and give us what the Lord's laid on your heart. Appreciate you so much. Hallelujah. You can turn to the book of Luke. Seventh chapter. I like going to a church where, and don't read anything into this, but I like going to a church where people not only get with the preacher in church, but in their own lives as well. I think it speaks highly of a church. I've, I, there are churches that do one or the other. Hopefully, if they do choose, it's doing it at home, but um, I'm glad to go to an exciting church, an encouraging church, a loving church. I, I, I think I said this before, the sweetest hugginess. I got diabetes the second week I was here. Just, <laughs> I love everyone here. It was, it was, it was such an easy thing to, 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 to move here in a way because no, Sister Candy and I, Sister Walden, sorry, knowing, and I, knowing each other since before birth, our families go away on back and Everybody wanted to marry that one, and then this guy comes out of nowhere. And I love them all. That's the voice of one. <laughs> That's, yeah, you read my text, haven't you? No. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to preach. I give honor to our pastor, his wife, the, 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 the dynamics that they have in ministering to this church, and the way that they work together is awesome and beautiful and wonderful. I'm thankful for it. A lot of a lot of great men and women have preached behind this pulpit, my dad included, many times. And I just like teaching God's Word. I'm not, I don't make any claims or anything like that, but I just like sharing God's Word. That's good. So let's do that right now. Book of Luke 7, we'll read 19 through 22. Background is that John the Baptist was in jail. And John calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us to thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said to them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. Pastor, would you pray for us tonight? Hallelujah. A promise for John. A promise for John. You could be seated. Hallelujah. There is a difference between frustration and despair. You don't have to raise your hand, but all of us here have experienced frustration many times over. We can experience encouragement and frustration at the same time. Many things that we are frustrated with ourselves. If you have kids, yes, them. More than once a day often. 
We experience frustration in so many ways, but what I want to focus on, and I don't want to start off uh, in a negative way, but there's a difference between frustration and despair. For those of, who, those of us who have ever lost hope, we are in good company. Elijah thought that he was the last one that had not bowed to Baal. Job cursed the very day he was born, and even Jesus Christ himself, when the deity was separated from the humanity, even he himself, as a man, said, God, why? And John the Baptist, a man whose greatness was second only to Jesus, a man who had just passed the final boundary of his ministry, sitting in a prison cell awaiting his death sentence, doubted that he was even right. That Jesus was in fact the Messiah. Perhaps doubted that he had even missed the very purpose of his own existence. Church, none of us are immune to a, to a hopeless heart. We have all at the very least had a glimpse of just how close we can get to the edge of oblivion. We have in great humility found that we are all subject to the sting of, hum- of futility. John's disciples came and offered Jesus a question that's been offered many times and it will be offered many times more. And that is, when our faith has been impaired, God is not offended. The question we ask Him, God, am I in the right place? He is not offended. He is not disappointed in our doubt. And we do not need to be ashamed of our humanity. Now, tonight I'm not talking about a bad attitude or sin. If you got sin in your life, you need to get it out. Okay, if you got a bad attitude, talk to Pastor. He'll be glad to, to help you remedy that real quick. If you're, if you're stealing chickens, you need to quit stealing chickens, okay? But that's not what we're talking about tonight. And we lose faith sometimes, and I don't mean backslide, but sometimes we lose a, a bit of faith in many things. We lose faith in people. Some of the people that inspired me the most, even over the years, are the people who have walked away from truth. Some of those that love me are those that have hurt me the most and the other way around. Some of those that, that I blessed the most were those who were least grateful. Can I get a witness? And again, sometimes the other, way, uh, the other way around. We can even lose a little bit of faith in our own ministries. We can even lose a little bit of faith in what, what we really thought God called us to do. Are we really making a difference in the kingdom? We minister to one person and we see them walk away from God. A lot of them come back, but we see, are we really making a difference? Are we even in... Here's the big question we ask. Are we even in the will of God? God, am I in your will? God, am I in your your perfect will? I want to be in your perfect will, God. How often do we ask that? And it it just, you know, sometimes constantly asking God, am I in your will? Am I in your will? Sometimes we might even create a little bit of doubt in ourselves if we're always looking for that. Sometimes we even perform the perfectly normal function of losing a bit of faith in ourselves. Now, if this ever becomes a a, a self-esteem issue or feelings of self-worth, and that's the time when we might need to seek counsel with our pastor. And when it comes to things like uh, self-loathing or even as far as, God forbid, self-hatred. Now, I'm not going to go into this, but if pastor ever recommends to us or asks us if we have ever sought counseling for some of the things that we deal with along those lines... Please don't be offended if he ever says, suggests that maybe we need to see something, someone clinical about these kinds of things because 
That is God's will if that is what we need. Amen? There are two types of promises. There are two types of promises God gives. First of all, there are promises for all of humanity. Promises for everyone. For example, in 2 Chronicles, if, if God's promises are if then. A lot of people say, well, God just took everybody. He accepted everybody. Well, he called them, but he didn't take them the way they were. The rich young ruler, he said, you got to do this if you want to follow me. The rich young ruler said, no, Jesus said, love you, bye. And in 2 Chronicles, we know the verse, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. That is a promise to everyone. That is something that we can all take advantage of. And in our, in our giving, there are promises for giving. We, we are uh, faithful and regular with our giving. God is faithful to sustain us with uh, our blessings. We, we don't think where the, where the, where we can, where the next, how the next bill is going to be paid. God always finds a way to sustain us. He always knows how to just let us know, I got this, I'm in control. Now, one thing that happened to us, I, I think I shared this. Some time ago, our, our, our car, the, the transmission went out. The, the factory warranty was 60,000 miles. And we were at 60,300 miles. And they still honored it. He said that the mechanic said, if you had gone just a couple more hundred miles, you'd owe me three grand about now. God knows how to let us know you're okay, you're giving, you're faithful, I've got this under control. And then, of course, there's the promise of salvation to everyone. If we repent, if we're baptized, then we will receive the Holy Ghost. We will go to heaven. That is the most beautiful promise of all, and it is to everyone. Peter made it clear when he said to you, your cheerings, all that are far off, it's for everyone. And then there are those promises. Now, all of God's promises are, are, are exciting. All of God's promises are beautiful, especially the promise of salvation. But then, then there are those promises that are just for the individual. Promises for me. Promises God didn't give you. Calling God had on my life. He didn't give it to you. This was just for me. I'm sorry. I love you as excited as you are. I, I, I tell you, if you don't smile around that girl, then we're having your funeral. That's what's happening. God gave to you and not to me promises for the individual concerning ministry concerning concerning life things that only we know about and they come they come to us differently they come to us differently for everyone anybody ever got a word from the lord from your pastor anybody ever had an evangelist come through and he speaks right to you yea thus and verily say i unto thee you know just just right there and it's and it's what you've been praying about yeah it's god i know i've been praying about that for so many Years, yes, and it's finally coming to pass. God knows how to drop these things in our spirit. And when it happens, you just you just know in your knower. You just know that this is for you, and God confirms it many times over. And and it comes to us, and it comes to us differently in so many different ways. God knows how to speak our language. I'll give you an example, personal testimony, if I may, if I may. Uh, back in 2008, my wife and I, we knew that we were going to evangelize full time. We didn't know how it was going to happen sometime. I tried, to, I tried to jump the gun and try to rush things and make it happen. And if you've ever been involved in ministry, don't do that. <laughs> don't try to make it happen. Okay? Sister Jamie, she waited until the money was raised before she got on the plane. Okay? Now, we, 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 had, a, we had a new baby, and um, we were 
waiting on things to happen. She had a job. I had a job. And we weren't sure how this thing was going to work out. And late in 2008, my wife sat straight up in the bed. It's never happened before. never happened since. She sat straight up in the bed. She said, I just had a dream. God said, don't worry about your rent. It's taken care of. And we thought, if that's from God, that'll be nice. And so the next year, we had to just, we had no other choice than to just sell everything we had and move out and just hit the road. Our lease was up. We sold everything. What we had left was a fit in the back of this minivan. Thank God I didn't have to slam on the brakes too hard or we would have been, there would have been less of us. And uh, so we just did that. Now, in that same year, your grandmama, Sister McClure, she said, I know, I've got, I've got a, a, a condo, <laughs> a condo in Hilton Head that y'all are welcome to if you want to stay there. Just, you just have to pay the utilities. No rent? No, no rent. Don't you worry about that. We thought, okay, well, God's working this out. And it didn't stop there because in 2010, we felt uh, like we should move to Louisiana and go to church there. We, we went there. Things weren't working out. We were staying on the campgrounds. Couldn't find a place to stay. And I said, God, if this isn't you, I'm going home. And then that dream came to mind again. Only a week later, somebody in their church came to us and said, we have a garage apartment you're welcome to stay in it well if you don't mind me asking how much is rent don't worry about it you just stay here till you get on your feet God knows how to speak our language he knows how to let us know that that word was in fact from him that we are doing his will that we are in his plan and now now the 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 flip side to that if there's actually there's actually I don't want to go on about myself here but there's actually a, a promise that God gave me very much confirmed over 10 years ago, and it ain't happened yet. And I, a few years ago, I was talking to my former pastor, Dr. Jerry Patterson, back at uh, my, my former church, Faith Tabernacle, and I said, I said Bishop, I just, I just don't know why this hasn't happened yet. And he said, yeah, I, I don't know either. Church, there are a few things that will bring you less comfort than when your own pastor says, I'm sorry, I don't have a clue either. And it's easy for circumstances and, and waiting on God's promises to bring us to a low point. John the Baptist went from the highest point that anyone has ever been, as we say, in the history of ever, to the lowest point that a person can possibly go to. If there ever was a confirmed word, however, it was to John. If anybody, John said, here comes the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the earth, and the Spirit of God rested on John like a dove. Like a dove. He saw it. Visual confirmation. And then the voice of God, of God, the voice of God spoke from the heavens and said, yeah, this is, this is the guy. This, this is the one. This is my beloved son. You got this right. Boy, if we had that kind of confirmation, we'd never doubt again, Right? I'd like to say that, and, and I think that would be true for a lot of us, but if we went through what John went through, we might change our minds a little bit. You see, another word from God isn't, isn't always what we need. God, make today's sermon be for me. Oh, he's preaching on tithing again. I already do that. Come on. And that, now, that does happen sometimes. happened to me one time. Brother Jake was about to preach, and it just dropped into my spirit. God, I need this to be for me. And, and it was about, and I was waiting on something. This was a season in my life. And then he read Ecclesiastes 3. Oh, yes, God. Thank you, Jesus, confirming your word. God does that, but not always. 
So it is imperative for us that we don't continue to, to ask for a sign from God because we don't, when we don't get it, it can be harmful to our faith. So just remember this. If you ever, if you ever feel guilty for making such a request and it doesn't come to pass, don't you dare be ashamed of yourself. Don't you dare feel guilty for making that kind of request. Jesus was not insulted by John's answer, he, his question, nor was he insulted by his confusion, and he did not scold John for his audacity. But here's how Jesus responded. I don't know, I do not know what John's disciples were expecting, but they probably weren't expecting what Jesus did. Jesus said, I've been waiting on you guys to get here. If you don't see a whole lot of things happening in your life, it might be because Jesus is waiting on you to get to a little stopover, stopover called depression. He might be waiting for you to get to a place called desperation. And He is waiting to do what He does best. He is waiting to demonstrate His power. Now the other side to that is that if you've seen a lot of things happening for others and not for you, can I get an amen? Don't you be discouraged. Be encouraged because God is treating you the exact same way that he treated the greatest evangelist that ever walked the face of this earth. So Jesus got up. When John's disciples asked them, are you the one or do we look for another? He said, don't you worry about it, guys. You just wait right over there. I'll be right with you. And then he turned to the multitude and he unleashed a wave of the supernatural like they had never seen. And if you ever get to where John got, God is not going to reprimand you. God is not ashamed of you. God is not disappointed in you. Nor is He going to revoke the promise that He gave you. He's going to treat you the same way that He did John. When you get to that point where you say, God, I thought I heard it. Did I miss it? God, did I, I, thought I, I thought I was in your will. I thought you told me to do this. Now it's just not working out. It seems like dreams are, are slipping through my fingers. God, what do I do? God is not ashamed of you. God still loves you. He is still proud of you. He's still on your side. He still got you and you still got this. He did not scold them. For what they ask. Instead, he said, you go and, and you give John this report. He said, you, you tell him what you saw. Tell him in your own words. That little boy over there running around with his friends who only minutes ago couldn't even walk. Tell him about him. The mother who thought she was going to have to bury her child but now they're embracing because he is no longer on his deathbed. Tell him about that. That man looking around trying to comprehend exactly what it means to see. Blind, he's blind his whole life. Tell John about that. Tell him about all of that. But then you tell him this. And you tell him word for word. Just how I say it. You tell him the blind see. Tell him the lame walk. Tell him the lepers are cleansed. Tell him the deaf hear. The dead are raised. But you also tell him this. Tell him, this is, this is very important. You tell him to the poor, the gospel is preached. Jesus sent them back. And they went back to, to John, 
told them about everything that happened. I don't know what John was thinking up to that point, but probably thinking, I, I know about those things. I've, I've heard those things before. I saw Jesus do many of those things myself. Some of those things even happened before He came to this earth. But then they said, to the poor, the gospel is preached. And here's why that stands out. Because hundreds of years ago, more than 700 years ago, a prophet by the name of Elijah prophetically spoke those same words. And then for John, it just clicked. And then he got it. And then he understood. Then he knew this wasn't for nothing. I didn't miss the mark. I was right. I was right. I was right. I really was in God's will. I really was fulfilling a purpose. I really was doing. I really was the one, the voice crying in the wilderness because he knew God's word. He knew. And all you have to do, so many times, what do we do while we're waiting on God's will? God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do while I'm waiting on your will? Give me direction. My friend, I'm here to tell you, you're doing it. If you are faithful to God's house, if you are faithful to God's word, if you are submitted to God's word, submitted to the man of God, then you're doing exactly what he wants you to do, and God will fulfill his promise in your life. Sometimes we're waiting on a sign, we're waiting on confirmation, we're waiting on, and if you feel like you're in the wilderness right now, or if you ever feel like you're in the wilderness, that's a good sign, because that's exactly where John was when he brought the promise. Yeah, he out there eating wild locusts and honey, living in the wilderness, never had a bath unless he was baptizing people. So, if God made you a promise, keep standing on it. If God gave you a dream, keep dreaming big. If God bestowed on you a ministry, don't give it up just yet. If you're frustrated with others, keep on blessing them. If you feel like you're living in the wilderness, go ahead and have yourself another locust and honey souffle because you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. The promises will come. The signs will come. Don't we don't have to ask for confirmation? It just comes. It just happens. It just. I, 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 I got to share this one too. When we came here, obviously changing changing churches after after thirty two years is quite a shock. But we really believed that was what God would have us do in this time in our lives. And one thing that I kept I kept I kept seeing in my brain is Sister Annabeth was at Bible college. I kept seeing her coming home. And teaching a class to young girls, talking to them about specific issues. I, had she, I don't know if she had ever had a, a class to herself but before then, but I kept, I kept seeing that. It just kept happening. And we were out at Sauce House. Feel God at Sauce House. Ain't nothing like a confirmation from God's Word over barbecue, amen? And so we were sitting there just talking, and she said, yeah, when Annabeth comes back, she's going to... X, Y, Z, exactly what I, I said. And I just kind of got startled a, a little bit. She asked me later, were you okay when I said that? You looked a little bit sorry. I said, yes, I was startled. Now, how could I be startled when God does what he said he would do? Because that's the way we are. Because when God gives us that personal promise, when God gives us that thing that is just for us, not for nobody else, it is for me. It's not your... Now, Sister, Sister Jamie, she, I, I, I didn't ask her if I, I could say this. Now, I, I don't know about you... But, and I, for, forgive me, I would not want to bring you any undue attention, but if I was on the way home a year before I thought I would be, at some point I would look out 
over the Atlantic Ocean and think, God, did I get this right? But Sister Jamie will tell you before anybody else, this is just God setting it up for a bigger one. This is God making it bigger. In fact, this is how he's going to confirm his word to me. So sometimes you've heard this phrase, it's not a set back, it's a set up. God is going to show you he knows how to do it. He will do it every time. You will know in your knower. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. I was right. I was in God's will. You can stand with me. I know what you're thinking, and you're welcome. <laughs> Sis, you go ahead. Pastor's going to come in, in, in just a moment. Jesus sent John the only truth that we have to cling to in this life. And that is that God is still God. And he always has the final word. We don't always receive the miracle we wanted. Answers don't always come the way we thought they would. Sometimes we have to mourn the loss of opportunity. And I'll say this also. Don't you get, I've said it over and over, don't get frustrated with yourself when you feel anger or hurt or feel sad about things that didn't work out in your life. You don't have to fight those feelings, especially when it comes to loss. It's okay to let some feelings process. You have not become less of a person if you get angry. Even the Bible says as long as you don't sin, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to let those feelings process because they don't change what we know. They don't have to change our faithfulness or our submittedness. If that happens, don't you dare be disappointed in yourself for your emotional, psychological, or even spiritual low points. Because as long as you are faithful, as long as you, and I I can't stress this so much, as long as we are submitted to the man of God, if he doesn't feel like we should do something, then God didn't tell us to do it. Then you are. You are stronger than you think you are. And you are in a much better place than you think you are. Let's worship the Lord. Can we do that? Pastor's going to come and lead the rest of this service as he sees fit. Mm. What a great, encouraging word tonight. And I feel like I could cast a wide net and catch every one of us by saying we've all been where John was where something some bump some snag in the road some dark night something made us wonder did I hear that right did I get that right was that what I should have done it's it's easy to do we are our own worst critics and we can be our own worst enemies if Paul said I know that within my flesh dwells no good thing Well, if that's true, then it'll always be trying to trip you up. But we can trust in the holy God. And the promises of God are in Him, yea, and in Him, amen. And we can believe in His faithfulness tonight. So I know, I'm sure, again, that within this group of people, I could say just about all of us have been through that. But there's some, I'm sure, even right now, are in that place where 
well, did I really hear that right, God? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why, why am I just sitting still right now? And not, you know, you're somewhere questioning what's going on in my life. And if that's you tonight and with everybody else, nobody has to stand out. Would you come to the altar for just a few moments tonight and pray and just reconnect with God tonight? Go ahead and let him speak into you and confirm in you tonight the promise he made you. He said this was a promise for John, but there's a promise with your name on it. There's a miracle with your name on it. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a few moments together and worship the Lord.
does not fail his word doesn't fail you know I said something the other night that his word is forever settled in heaven and if we'll let it it'll settle us if we'll just learn it live by it apply it it's, it'll settle us the Bible says great peace have they that, that, that their mind has stayed on your word and they love your law and it's, uh, nothing's going to offend them and, and you know, it just it settles you it doesn't stop storms it doesn't stop dry places but you're, you're, you're settled you're, you're unmovable but there are times where we find ourselves in a place where we need we need a, even a, a prayer from the Lord Peter was a man with revelation and keys to the kingdom but Jesus saw ahead of that and said Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. He'd love to separate you from the things I've given you. So I prayed for you that your faith fell not. He didn't pray for him so that Peter wouldn't deny him. He didn't pray for him so Peter wouldn't be cutting people's ears off. He said, but 
you're going to face something to be so heartbreaking, hard for you to understand that how can I have this revelation? How can I be carrying the keys and then I could deny him three times? How does that happen? And so I'm praying for you that your faith won't fail. You need to feel the grief that you're going to feel. You need to feel the the, the shame and disappointment you're going to feel but you also need to remember that you'd rather serve me than anything and that hey he didn't put a stipulation on there that I'm by the way if you deny me I'll take the keys away you know when you make a mistake he doesn't take your ministry away he doesn't take your anointing away but you've got to find a place and, and Peter found a place I'm thankful tonight for a God that doesn't kick us to the curb and set us out with the trash. But instead, he just says, let me remind you and let me tell you some things that'll remember, that you'll remember the promise that was given unto you. I'm thankful for him tonight. How about you? He's a faithful God. Let's give him a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God. Mighty God. Faithful God. Brother Shannon, that was a wonderful. Wonderful, encouraging word tonight. So encouraging tonight. I, I, I know that's, uh, we'll make sure to make, let everybody know to, to get the podcast on that because that's a very encouraging word for anybody that's just that's serving God in any capacity it's to remember because we're going to all have a time where we doubt what we have heard. Mm. Man, that's good. God's good, isn't he? Well, we're going to be here Sunday ready to have some church. I hope, I hope you'll invite somebody to come visit the house of the Lord. If they haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, tell them about it. If they haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, tell them about it. If they have ever been to a Pentecostal church where they worship, tell them to hang on and come join us going to have a great time in the Lord. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Let Brother Shannon know how much you enjoyed that word. God bless you. You can be dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.